Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the one P Sharp. What's going on, everybody? I'm still the shooting guard. I like the Grizzly as um, at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. Yo, what's good, everybody? This you got Trev, aka the corner man, aka the chief of staff of Dylan Brooks Island. What's good? <laughs> hey man, just in case you missed that corner three, man, we were out here to help you out. It's your boy is really shitty. I'm rounding the post, but let me dump it down to the big fella for sure, though. Appreciate it, appreciate it. The little big man at Tab Shakira. Y'all know what it is. Shut up, Skyler. <laughs> well, I, I, can I say something then? Go right ahead. Well, you know who I am. I'm the best hype man in the NBA. So when hey! they all off, it is my job to make sure y'all hey! are on point. I am B L. Throw it back, throw it back, throw it back, J. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 As y'all just heard, that's our guest today, the Grizzlies marketing and regional manager and in-game MC. BLJ, how are you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Blessing, man, to be here. Um, able to woosaw right now because the last few months have been boom, 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 boom. Have been on go, which has been a blessing too. So it's just been, it's been, it's been a good grind. So I'm not gonna complain about it at all. Great, great. No, man, they had so many what 40 games in 68 days type of thing going on. Just had events, barbecue fest. Ooh. What else we have? Uh, street corners for our entertainment crews and Kroger promotions. You name it. I was there. <laughs> they was there. <laughs> wow. But hey, we got like just, I guess, a Q&A segment for you. So, uh, of course, you've been in-game arena MC last year. And matter of fact, we had you on our Let's Be Real podcast, what, probably a month before COVID happened? Yeah. Like, literally right before. <laughs> we was all in person. And look at us at virtual now. So a year later, just thinking right at that moment when the NBA season got postponed, when the Rudiger Bear tested positive, what was your feeling at that moment when it got when the season was was postponed? I think it was of shock and of being like this is really serious because you don't think of a whole NBA organization shutting down. And when stuff like that, because we take sports so seriously, once it's stopped and it's over with, it's like, dang, this is real. This is serious. And so usually when things around the world is going on, you still have sports. You still can tune into your football, your baseball, your basketball or whatever. But once that was taken away, like it was understood, like whatever's going on takes precedent to basketball, to football, to baseball. So we have to get ourselves together to make sure that we're able to get back to where we want to be at. So I think it was just like it was shock, but also like step back. What are we doing? And it's serious. So how do we fix it? That'd be um, two questions on my side. First, uh, you said that, of course, the last few months have been crazy for you, for sure. But question number one was like, how was your quarantine um, and how did you get through the quarantine process? You know, saying that, you know, you are somebody who lives, you know, and make their bag through entertainment. You know what I'm saying? I think like for me, that that affected me mentally like crazy. So what was it like for an entertainer like yourself? I think with me, when from not being able to do games and stuff like that, it was it was a little frustrating. But I only had really like a three week frustrating part because after that, it was time to to basically think about how can we maneuver and keep the Grizzlies name out there. 
And so we came up with um, outside parades and stuff like that. So if you had a birthday, if you had a wedding, if you had an anniversary, then you can go to the grizzlies.com and drop in whatever event it was. Me and Grizz and a few claw crew, maybe some Grizz girls would pop in and the family members would have like a parade and we would just drive up, have our air horn. Grizz would have his um, his popper. We celebrate 10, 15 minutes. Boom, we go to the next one. So that's how wow. we so that's how we maintained the summer until really the bubble started. So I was blessed that I never had like that much downtime. So my Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and some Sundays were like on the go. Go ahead. No, no, I'm so sorry. I, mean, I was willing to wait for uh, until you got done. But the the parades, like I, that, may not happen. But is that still an option? Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm about to. <laughs> I want to reach out and ask again to see if that could be something that we could do. So just stay mm-hmm. in the loop. Yeah, so okay. because that was something that was like that was popular amongst the people because a lot of people that didn't have graduations or whatnot, or had wedding anniversaries that couldn't have a, a gather of a lot of people. So, and it was just a drive-through. So a lot of people just called us in and said, hey, my aunt, uncle having an anniversary, birthday or whatever, can y'all come? And we would be the grand marshal of of that. And so the Grizz truck would, would lead the uh, parade. The Grizz would be in the bed of the truck. I'll be in the bed of the truck with my air horn, talking, yelling, screaming. And then whoever it was, the event for, they'll come outside and you have the line of people behind us. Sometimes it may have been five cars. Sometimes it may have been 25 to 50 cars. And so, and we just celebrate them 10, 15 minutes, have fun. And then we bounce out and go to the next one. So it was entertaining. I know we did it for Ronald McDonald House for the kids. And I think we did it for another hospital. I can't remember which one, but we we did it for a lot of different, uh, a lot of different people in, in different events also. Well, we do have a brother here. I'm not going to point any fingers that's about to get married. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind a, a Grizz appearance. <laughs> that's for, sure, for sure. <laughs> but, so, who, 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 who finna jump that broom? Who that there? Me, P Shark. The captain himself. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Congratulations, man. When is it? August the 15th. Creeping up. Mm-hmm. You, you you a little shaky yet? Uh, not really. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm still on the side of stage. Probably get a little right. shaky as you get closer, but we're right. good right now. Just drink your water, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I call it H two O. Stay hydrated, my friend. <laughs> yes. Be, uh, what was it like to see? Of course, like you literally, you know, did your thing in a bubble to seeing the FedEx farm go from zero to fifty. Five percent to where it ended. Like, what was how, how, what was your experience in seeing that? Because you literally Bro, saw COVID, every everything. It was weird. I'm not gonna lie to you. Once they said, "Yeah, we're gonna bring y'all back in. We're gonna run through the games and stuff as if people are there." And I'm like, "So I supposed to be loud, energetic? <laughs> wow! Ain't nobody here but the players and the cameraman." <laughs> But oh, once it clicked and people were still hitting my inbox and was like, we see you on TV because they were streaming it or it was on a league pass or whatever they was watching it. I was like, cool. So there's still eyes on me and whatnot. So that still 
want to have that energy delivered. And so, and that, and that was stuck in my head. And then our DJ Mike T and I told him about that. He was like, cool. So people are still tuning in, but also the players still were engaged too. When Mike T was playing the music or if we were doing smaller things and whatnot, just to see them, just see a little bit of normalcy because from the bubble, I don't think it was just, it was just basketball and leave. And so now you're home, you get a little piece of the entertainment that you didn't get in the bubble. And then we start going into floor seats fans and then 500 fans and then 15, 2000 fans. And you start to see the energy grow. You start to see things getting back to normal. And then the playing game, really felt like a playoff game. I think it was 8,000 people, but it really felt like 20,000 because of the energy. And then once we got into the playoff, it was over with. So it didn't it didn't feel like we was missing six, 7,000 people in the arena. It just felt like a full house. And so that energy was just rocking, man, just from that old, that old grit and grind feeling of when the Grizzlies made the playoffs and having – the fans just understand the purpose and them also understanding that this wasn't here a few months ago and them like loving that experience all over again. And so, and just greeting fans and speaking to them and just seeing that energy and, and just, just seeing that, like it was, it was a different vibe. So it made me feel like day one is me being an MC again, just seeing those people there. And also some people that was their first game. And it's crazy to see, like, you come out of quarantine, you come out of out of this situation, and this is your first NBA game, which is a playoff game or a play-in game, which was cool. So to follow up that question, how was it dealing with, one, wearing the mask, um, and two, the pumpkin crowd noise? The mask thing didn't bother me at all. Like, I, I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. Like I had got used to it. Like I work out sometimes in, in mask and stuff like that. So mentally I was used to it. Like it didn't bother me. The only thing was like, I wore a mask one time and it was so loose. It went up to my face. So <laughs> I'm trying to talk and it's just all over my eyes. I just said, forget it. They're going to get what they get this time. <laughs> but, but, but other than that, like I didn't, it didn't bother me at all. And my voice is like so loud and strong, like it didn't muffle it or anything like that. And folks understood it once fans were able to get in there and we were able to do the complete games and things of that nature and whatnot. And fans also and going to fans, fans were respectable of of those rules, because at the end it was like you weren't able to come here because of what was going on. And now you're able to come here, just follow the rules, just like you would with any other rules. Just abide by this. It's something new. It's not just new to you. It's new to us, too. So just let's all let's just get through it. And then sooner or later, we'll get back to where we were in 2019, early 2020. So, All right. Well, we're going to transition from COVID to the Grizzlies on the court um, from this past season. As we know, a lot of other people out there projected us to still be in a rebuild in year two, but fortunate for us, we were not only to be in a position that we were last year with the play in, but we were also able to get in the playoffs as the eight seed. Um, so just my question would just be, uh, is there any particular player or players on the Grizzlies that surprised you this season? No, because watching them years prior, 
like when Jai and Jaren and all them were here, like they clicked. And so, and then watching the draft and seeing guys like Tillman and uh, Bain come in and then watching these guys tweet about them and amp them up before they even put on the Grizzly uniform, lets them know that you're welcome here. And that's what I saw on the court. So if we lost, they still came together. When they won, they still came together. And so I wasn't shocked at all about any player specifically because they all understood what they were trying to do, which was to win win games and things of that nature. Um, but my my I guess to answer your question, also my favorite player that did come out to Grayson Allen and uh and Bain. Um, because Desmond Bain really didn't look like a rookie this year. So just him coming some games into the starting lineup, putting up buckets, and then playing defense and just being aggressive and things like that. You're like, dang, he doesn't look like he played in college last year. It looks like he's been in the league for a while. And then Grayson Allen, with his confidence, with his shot, it was like was fun to watch also. And so, but we all know about our boy DB. And so Dylan Brooks, which was which was fun to watch and which was fun to watch his growth because the shots that he were taking early in the season, which you all know, which wasn't falling, what happened in the play-in? What happened in the playoffs? They were falling. So, like, people were getting discouraged with him. I'm like, I always tell people that's his job. So you can't get mad at a guy for doing his job. You just got to go with the bumps and whatnot because every day at your job, you're not perfect. So (laughs) every day at his job, he's not going to be perfect. So when he's successful at it, you pat him on the back. When he's not successful at him, you still pat him on the back and say, you got tomorrow. Because once you clock out from your job, what you got to do the next day? Go back in. (laughs) So, and I think that's that was the mentality that I saw him have was like, it is what it is. I'm going to do what my job is. And I don't care what anybody else around me is saying because this is the task that's been given to me. And that's what has been, happens with your job. This is the task that's been given to you. So people around you that don't know what it is, you still got to go ahead and do your job. For sure. And so I have two questions for myself, and they both literally come from players that you just mentioned. So first question is going to be, I think for me, I think part of the Grizzlies maybe inconsistencies were, you know, maybe they came from they didn't know exactly who they wanted to put at that two car position, whether there was the Anthony Milton, you know, Desmond Bain was, you know, he was good at times. And I think he, he also, you know, showed, showed that he was a rookie and then Grayson Allen as well, too. So between those three players, who do you see being the long term answer as shooting guard for the Grizzlies? That one I really don't know because I like them all mm-hmm. um, because if you just see DeAnthony Melton, Mr. Do Something, <laughs> so he like he's an all-around player and whatnot. But when he that's only when he gets in. So you'll never know what's going to happen uh, when he's unless he's in there. And you saw sometimes his minutes were limited and things of that nature. And then Grayson kind of came up with that stroke later on in the season and was kind of belt. I won't say belt us out of games, but helped us get wins and helped us put get back in games. And Desmond Bain did the same thing. And so it's just a confidence booster just to know that you really do have 
three separate guys that can do different things that can help benefit your team. And so hopefully the guys that are making those calls can utilize that talent. And that's, that, that's it. I just want them to utilize the talent that we have. And I think we done we did a great job utilizing the talent on, on our roster. For sure. I think the Grizzlies definitely did a good job of that. And I think with each one of those three players, they all give you something different, right? I think with DeAnthony Melton, he kind of gives you a little bit more of experience. Um, you know, when he gets hot, we I think we saw several times where DeAnthony Melton can get hot and it's good night for everybody else in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Grayson Allen, again, he's probably more of the consistent shooter between the, um, between the three. Um, and I think the, the, with Desmond Bain, you can tell, I think as he gets more games under his belt, He's going to be, I think if, you know, if, if I could answer a question, I think he may be the answer just because I think what he can give you offensively, I think when he's open, it's good night. I don't think too many players in the league can, can, can kind of keep up with him as far as shooting is concerned. And I think with his body and his build, I think I he, he can probably give you some defensive help as well too there. And um, then also I feel like as he does grow, he can be a, a paint presence also because dude mm-hmm. Jack. Like, yeah, he's agreed. Jack, so – like he can go ahead and give you the three, but if you need him to drive in and be that muscle to mm-hmm. get to uh, go to the free throw line or whatever, I believe that. he can develop that skill set and and be a problem for the league and a and an asset for us. Agree, agree. So I got a question for you. So I got a Yo. question for you. Mr. B is just the best hype man in the league, right? So we saw that we saw Mr. Dylan Brooks. We saw we saw how infectious like his his energy was to the team, right? So like, did were you were there times you were able to kind of feed off his energy because like he came with a different type of energy that a lot of people don't have. A lot of people probably wish they could they could bring to the team. So like I said, we saw it, but did you feel that were you able to kind of feed off the energy that he brought to the games? Yeah, because because he means it. So it's, it's not something for show or anything like that. When he's playing defense from the whole court, the whole 94 feet, you feel that because he's putting his whole heart and his whole effort into it, no matter if it's somebody off the bench or if it's LeBron or whoever it is, he's giving it his all, and he's going to be on your number one guy and make sure that he does what he needs to do to – to defend that guy. And then when, like you said, when he's on on offense with the floater, with the three-pointer, with the little shake shimmy or whatever he does and stuff like that, it's like you can you can feel it. You can feel it because it was one game that it was on a fast break and then he did a one-handed dunk. And I was like, yeah, he ready. <laughs> he ready. And so – and then also with that, when fans started to come in, some of those guys never experienced that when we got up to maximum like uh, attendance, 8,000, 10,000, and you saw them looking around and they was feeding off the fans and Dylan was one of them. And like he was feeding to the fans and the fans were feeding right back to him. And so, and that was something that I, I respect because he's the longest tenured Grizzly. So, <laughs> Like take wow. that in consideration. <laughs> yeah, like, he really is. Yeah, you take that in consideration. Like how young our team is, and you think what he's 24, 25, somewhere around twenty five, and he's our longest tenured Grizzly at twenty five years old, and so that shows that shows maturity and leadership by him, 
And if he's able to go ahead and maintain and do all that, I think he has a great opportunity to have a great legacy with our organization. Agree. And b- before I pass it off, took, I think for me, like I think Dylan Brooks and I think kind of Tony Allen as well too. Like they would play how a Memphian would play, which for me that's a that's like that's like I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to guard them the best way I can. I'm gonna get up in your face. I'm going to let you know that I don't care if your name is LeBron James, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker. I'm going to get in your face and let you know that I'm playing defense and I'm going to play it to the best of my ability. So I think that's what I think for me, at least for me, that's why I, I, I really like started to like him as the season went on. But also, as you watch other teams, defense is a lost art. Mm-hmm. And so, and a lot of teams don't play defense and whatnot. They just try to outscore you. And I think with the Memphis Grizzlies, we all know and we all followed them. Like you named Tony Allen, he laid that platform like defense. And I think that's, that's still here because, you know, he's still around every now and then. And, and a lot of people want to continue that legacy of, playing defense, being that gritty team that will play you the whole game, all 48 minutes and whatnot. And so some games I don't like because it does it does go to the last millisecond. But at the end, you know those guys gave everything that they got on their court. And so and that's the only thing you can do is just appreciate that effort that they give night in and night out. Few more questions from us be um who is your favorite player to watch on the court and who's your favorite player to interact with off the court this season i really wasn't able to interact with them because of, of covid um but my favorite player to watch on the court of course is ja because you just see his growth and maturity like each game and so and how he connects with different players and if you do watch and when y'all come to games, watch him in the huddle and just watch how he talks. Watch him when he's on the bench and when other players are in there, he's resting. Just watch how he communicates. So just watching that and seeing that from a guy that's year two in the league is crazy. And so, but the the people that like I've had the most interaction with that's been on the team has been uh Triple J. Um, like we did some events and whatnot to do with uh, voting. Um, it's been so long ago. Was the election last year? November. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> right. November. Yeah, we got them out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. so he was part of the election campaign and whatnot and Memphis get out and vote and stuff like that. And so just being seeing him out there in the community and doing things of that nature. And plus, he's funny. All he does is like to joke, laugh, and all that stuff. And but like I said, other guys I really haven't seen that much because I was more connected with the group before because we was in the same like age bracket. But now they like when I we had an interaction two years ago. I think I told you this story when we was doing a um, Sonic promo. Uh, it was Jaron and Ja, and I was just telling them, man, I remember when I was like. 18, 16, working at Sonic, man, cutting tomato. They're like, how long was that? And I'm like, man, that was about 2000. They said, dang, you old, bro. <laughs> so, like, they said it, they said it in unison. And so, but it was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But, you know, just, it's, it's just 
fun just to watch and see those guys mature and grow and things of that nature. And so, but yeah, John's one I like to see on the court. And then Jaron is the one that I've had like the most interaction with during, during his tenure here. All right, too. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you had another question. Uh, quick question for you, brother. Um, thinking, I mean, it's not going to happen this season, right? Um, however, you know, Ice Cube put together some a league and had, you know, three players come out around um, and a little bench as well. So if you could put together a team that could represent Memphis, who would your three be? And just give me one player off the bench, just one, right? So give me a three. Mm. And then give me your one coming off the bench. I think he's plays in this league now, Jason Williams. Um, if Penny gets tired of coaching, do they have to be Grizzlies, Grizzlies players? <laughs> yeah, it had to be Grizzlies players. Yeah. Okay, I'll go Jason Williams. Um, I would love to see old school Sam Young. You remember Sam Young? Okay. That's okay. Okay. And um and I like this guy too. Um I'm mess y'all up. Quincy Pondexter. Hey, yeah, okay. yeah. Quincy had a shot though. Right. Yeah, Quincy was money from the corner at times. Yeah. Yeah. just gonna say from the corner. <laughs> I, I called him I called him Bobblehead Bayless. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I remember Bayless. Oh, yeah. Bayless. 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 And then I, I, I fool with Rudy. Rudy Gay. Okay. Oh, Rudy Gay. So okay. I would like, because you got a little bit of length, a little bit of defense, a little bit of shooting. So I think, I think those, and they're still a little bit young. So they can yeah. still perform. Great. Appreciate you, man. Nice. Uh, so I got one more about um, – so with the team this season, Taylor Jenkins got a lot of flack throughout the season, including us on this podcast. But in the end, we all came to unison that he did a good job for just the totality. So what were your thoughts about Taylor Jenkins' performance as his growth as a coach as well, along with the younger team, with him being a young coach as well? I guess just watching him and we watch the game and we think that we know – what should happen or what we would do, we're not in that predicament at that moment. So we have to think about that also, that back to the players, he has a job to do. And so this isn't 2K. (laughs) This isn't like we're sitting in the comfort of our homes or we're sitting in the bleachers or whatnot. We do see the same thing that he sees, but he sees it from a different vision and so and then he has other people behind him that that tell him you should make the call you shouldn't make the call or things like his assistant coaches so it's not just him so I, I feel like he has a great team behind him that can tell him to make challenges or substitutions or things like that but I feel like he's done a great job because a lot of people thought we wasn't gonna be diddly squat this season and so, and now he he put players in a position to grow, to to put them on the next level. Because I feel like now is the time. If you're watching these playoffs, who would have thought Atlanta, Milwaukee, like who would have thought Phoenix, maybe the Clippers, 
But who would have thought like those three teams would have been like what you're watching right now. So you can see a you can see a little shift of teams and players and whatnot going to that next level. And hopefully with him, he can get into the young guy's headset. It's our time. So let's grow. Let's put Memphis on the map. We did it because we did it in the bubble. Who thought we was going to knock out Steph Curry? Because our mind's like, ah, oh, yeah, we playing the Warriors, man. It's over with. And we playing them uh, over there. So, but their mind is locked in. They learned how to win close games now. And I think that was a frustrating part as a fan to watch us have 20 point, 15 point leads. And then we lose by two. Or we go into overtime. And or we have a Luca moment. So, mm-hmm. so you know, and I think in this this point in the play in the playoff, they took all of that that heartbreak and put it together. And what happened? We started winning games, started putting it together. So, and I feel like that's what that's what it is. It's just a roller coaster of of things and ideas and trends that he probably put into the players' minds, like. This is what I want to do. This is what I should have did. But you're out there. You're performing. So I need you guys to learn. And so hopefully he takes that and the players take those experience and they learn from it and they move forward with it. And a 20 point lead can lead to a 15 point win. (laughs) So, but yeah, but other than that, for him as a coach, I, I love him. So he's relatable. He's he's good. He can. He can relate to the players. He relates to the community, which you saw during certain times. He was always in the community doing things. And so he has a presence out here because, what, a few weeks ago, he was at AutoZone Park doing a guitar smash. Yep. So, <laughs> so yeah, so he loves the city. And you can't do anything but respect and love that back. Ted, were you, was it, was it, is it on me or YouTube? Okay, cool. So, Mr. BLJ, we kind of, as we get ready to close it on now, got a got a question for you. All right. So, we had whoever this guy right here is, right? So, he, I get, he he's asking the question, if you can move any NBA franchise from one city to another, which would you move? And for some odd reason, I'm not sure if the man had been drinking. I'm not sure if he, you know, if he may have been detected by some COVID dogs, too. But he said, Maybe. <laughs> number one for me has to be the Grizzlies from Memphis to Nashville. The crowds at um, the crowds at the Predators games are insane. Guarantee NBA games would be what from somebody who you know attends very, for the most yeah, part man. all these home games. Would you agree with whatever foolery that this guy is saying, or you know, would, are you one of those people that kind of agree with us that you know, first of all, that's Nashville, right? Ain't nobody messing with Nashville like that. The Grizzlies. I don't. I, don't, I never understood. Be. I never understood the clash between <laughs> Memphis and Nashville until I went to Nashville, and I was like, so yeah, I really do be looking down on us. <laughs> yeah, I really do. exactly. And I, was, I was like, okay, fool with y'all. I like you, but I can't fool with you. There you go. <laughs> but. Man, that, hockey's a whole different element. It's a whole different fan base. Agreed. So, Agreed. So, you know, you you can do and say certain things in a hockey game that you can't do and say in a mm-hmm. basketball game. It's different players. So it's different. Like I said, it's different fan. And then here, 
if we take whoop that trick to Nashville, would it connect? Thank you. Thank you. It, you it wouldn't connect. So there's a legacy and a history here that makes this where the team should be at. And we all built that, and the players embraced that. And so Nashville, if that does happen or would happen on 2K or whatnot, they wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So, nah, man. One nine one Bill Street FedEx form bound, baby. Yes, there you go. I love that. Again, <laughs> again, right, again Nashville, be grateful you have the Titans. Just, just be grateful you have right, the Titans. Exactly. And HBCUs. <laughs> True. Uh, uh, be the last question on our side. On this side, um, I guess question number one will be: What would be your expectations for next year for the Grizz? Like we've talked about how good and you know how good they were this season. What do you expect for them? If you watch the players on their social, they're working now. They're still grinding. Like if you follow Ja, you see him in the form, still working. You see Jaron, he's somewhere hooping. Like these guys are still working. So the work ethic is still going to be there, and just hopefully that. It grows from the not the bubble from the play in all the way to the playoffs, and they take that experience and run with it. Because go back and listen to Jonas Valanciunas' uh, interview just to make it small. He was like, "You got to go through these to get to where you're trying to go through, and if you don't get to that point, then what are you doing? Like, what's the purpose?" And so you got in the play in, you got in the playoffs, you got a taste of the playoffs. You won games. You 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 elevated the organization to another level where people are talking about the Grizzlies, where people are talking about our players in a positive manner and respecting them. And so and that's the whole concept is the city and the players gaining that respect and keeping that momentum. So we can and should be the talk of the town the talk of ESPN, the talk of first take, the talk of undisputed and things of that nature, not just of five-second rant or whatever of what we did. It should be a whole segment. And so everybody needs to start getting on board and give us the Kendrick Perkins. Because <laughs> <Right. he's, laughs> like he, he, respe- he respects this because he's been here. He understood what, what was going on when he was – when he was playing, what was it, OKC? Mm-hmm. When he was playing with OKC, and so, and so he understands and respects the legacy in the basketball history here, and so hopefully that gets into our players' head, and they can continue that tradition of what 2020 and 2021 had for us, so we can take that and run with it in 2021-2022 season. And so I feel like it's going to be fun, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be entertaining, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. Um, so I feel like hopefully everything gets back to normal, and we have the whole 18,000 fans back into the arena and whatnot and, and just fulfill what we what we want. And every team and every franchise and every city wants that a championship. And so and at the end, I feel like we're on the verge of getting that. And so if y'all, y'all are riding with us, guess what? Let's roll. All right. And last question. We at the starting five believe that you are for sure and hands down, damn show the number one hype man in the NBA, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we also we also believe that consistency is key. So the last question that I have for you is how what expectations do you have for yourself and how do you plan to grow 
going into next season? Um, growing next season, like this would be who season sixteen for me, and so yeah, Man. I'm an OG. <laughs> yes, sir, number <laughs> one. That's the consistency for you right there, too. <laughs> That's it for me. And so it's about bringing freshness and bringing a little bit more energy, but also the talent that I manage, giving them opportunity to express themselves also. And so because at the end, I'm not going to be the hype man forever. So it's time to give other people that experience and whatnot. If it's not talking on the mic, it's them being on the court or at the stage doing their dances and giving them an exposure and things like that, being more creative with what I say and how I say it because a lot of people enjoy what I do because it comes so natural and it comes from the heart because when I say crazy stuff, it's like these people really love that. So just creating new memories for people and then when they see me or they see each other, they have that communication or whatnot. If y'all say, oh, damn, they go BLJ, get the D, like stuff like that. Like I, I get that like from people or ah and stuff like that, like, they say that to me. I'm like, dang, they're really stuck in their head. Smile and wave. Like, got that from a, a cartoon. So, like, it's, it's just funny how those small things connect, but also growing and getting other people into that mindset of being a professional, too, because that's the most important part of you come in, you entertain but also you're a professional. Are you coming in to entertain and leaving? Are you coming in to entertain to grow? So as you get older, you can be in my position. As you get older, you can be in the PA's position. As you get older, you can call the games. It's like, it's different pieces to it because you don't want to be, I want to say stuck. You want to, don't want to be in the same position forever. I always tell myself, I don't want to get pushed aside. I want to move forward. So that to me, that's the most important part that I that I want to tell the people that I manage and then the people that I'm around never get pushed aside. Always find something else. When you feel like it's your time to move, you move forward. You don't move on, you move forward. And so, and then once you do that in that position that you have, you know, you, you know that you left that in good hands and you can move forward peacefully. Right. That's, right. A, that's a word, man. It, right. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Happy Sunday. That's it. <laughs> Come on, Man. Well, to end it all off, this is a question for everyone. This one is not Christmas related. This is the current playoffs. Right now, the Suns are up 3 1 on the Clippers in the Western Conference. And Atlanta Hawks, where well, by the time this episode come out, they will have played game three. But the current time recording is 1 1 between the Hawks and the Bucks. So, who do y'all predict to go to get to the finals? And also win the finals. Start with BLJ, then go scouting and go for it. Man, I guess as a fan, I want Atlanta to go because I don't feel like the Clippers deserve it. Um, that's just me. I like like what's his name? Paul George. You or George Paul, whichever one. Man, <laughs> well, Uncle Shay Shay call him. And so, you know, it's just like Okay, the Clippers, but I got to give them their respect because they are there. But you got the young guys in Atlanta that's balling under a interim head coach, Nate McMillan. And so and and hopefully he gets the respect he needs after the season's over with, which, you know, if you know what I'm talking about. So so hopefully with 
with that, Atlanta for the East, and then uh, do you think? Oh, it's a wrap. I, I, Go ahead and say it. it's a wrap. Just say what's in your heart. Just say what's in your heart. He don't want to see it, and I know why. And I know why. <laughs> hey man, it's Sunday. I feel, like, I feel like it's gonna go seven games. Um, oh. but I want I want Phoenix to win, and I would like people dog Chris Paul, and I don't understand why. It's 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 different. Like people dog Chris Paul now, and people are jumping on the bandwagon. Like it's not like Chris Paul been in the league for four years. It may have been mm-hmm. in the league for what 15, 16 years now. Mm-hmm. And so he's been the same player. So what happened when he went to OKC? What do you do? Took him to the playoffs. playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and now he's healthy. And this is the first time I think in a while that he's been like really healthy. So I can see him with these young guys taking it all. And then Milwaukee, the Bucks. <sighs> Bro, <laughs> how, how you get Molly Watt by 50, but then still win the series? Agree. That's a good point. A good point. Like, I, I know that two guys went down in that previous series, but that's fifty points that you got beat by, and you didn't look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and but out of the East, Atlanta, out of the West, Phoenix. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. And I think, you know, as I, as I get ready to go, that wouldn't be bad because you kind of see the changing of the guard, right? You kind of see you go from, you know, Chris Paul to, you know, Trey Young and John Moran. They're, they're coming up next as far as, you know, uh, this generation's, you know, um, best point guard. So that wouldn't be bad. But I still think somehow, some way, crazy enough that the Bucks are going to pull that series off. Um, so give me the Bucks, And I think Phoenix is going to go ahead and close it out. So give me Phoenix and Milwaukee. I'll give you my NBA Finals team to win the whole thing. I want Phoenix to win. I really just want Chris Paul to go ahead and get his first championship is what I'm rooting for. So give me Phoenix to win. Call it a career? Call it a career. No, 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 because he's trying to get another bag. He's trying to get another bag. He's trying to get another bag. He won $100 Did you not see him dunk in the All-Star game? They fun got him bags, man. <laughs> <laughs> they are running Paul, 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 <laughs> cousin Paul, Pierre Paul. <laughs> Look at Paul. Paul. He trying to he trying to get another forty mil, man. That's what. That's what oh, yeah. that's you got you got to respect that though. You got yeah, yeah. So for me, of um, course, the, the, the fellas know that true. Phoenix is who I've been wanting to win. I, not been wanting to win, but who I want to win specifically for my own selfish purposes. Uh, since I'm out here, uh, the DJ and turn up, the city will look good. So um, that's why I got winning or uh, going to the finals and uh, winning against, unfortunately, the Bucks. Um, I said the Bucks was going to win, beat the Hawks in game seven. But if not, then it's time to fire Coach Bud with the, with the, with the Bucks. I, so I want the Hawks to win, trust me. But uh, I think it's Giannis time, Drew Holiday playing like a madman. So uh, give me Bucks versus Suns, and I got the Suns winning it all. Man, as much as it would be amazing to see Atlanta in the NBA Finals, just just from as a black man from that standpoint, that would be amazing. But I'm turn up, I'm sure. Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, unfortunately, man, they're just. I know we're going for it now, but and I know the whole thing with experience versus youth. But Milwaukee, I just think they they close it out and they close it out easily. I think they take care of it in five. 
Uh, I think Phoenix does it, does it as well uh, tomorrow night. Well, not tonight. The time has come out. They will be ready to play. Uh, I think Phoenix closes it out in five, and I'm with everybody. I want Chris Paul to be holding that trophy at the end of this uh, season So because he deserves it. He deserves it. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> listen, to the finals, I, I, let's see the small markets actually prevail. Um, and so give me Phoenix and Milwaukee. Um, two small market teams actually in the finals is huge as compared to, you know, what we've been in the past. <sighs> to win it all, I I will say Giannis um, and the Bucks. Um, let me give my, my, my perspective of why. I believe that Chris Paul goes to the finals. They don't have enough against the Bucks. Chris Paul then re-signs not with the – Ooh, I almost said it. Not with the Suns, but with another team. And that's why he declined his player option. His player option would have made sure he played for the Suns again. But I think he's going to sign somewhere else. It may actually be less than $100 million. Who knows? We never know. But I think he's going to resign and then get his championship ring the next year. Giannis will never again be this close to the finals in the East. I think Kevin Durant and there's some other players as well in the East. I give you your props. But they're not going to make it past the Nets again ever um, with the team that has constructed. So if there is a time to really cement the career of the Greek freak and for him to have his actual ring, you got two MVPs, you have some defensive help player of the year awards. Um, and so take the ring this year um, for Mike and the rest of Milwaukee. And then back next year, you can go back to where you were at. Capitalize the help. All letters help. Yeah. It was <laughs> a silent H. When they gave that award away, silent H. Oh man, but like you said, Giannis want to get this close again, and unfortunately, he's going to follow up short. I got them getting past Atlanta. I wanted them to get past him, I really do, but I think they got enough to get past him. But Monty Williams, a black coach, is going to out coach coach circles around Mike Budenholzer in their finals. So give me the signs to beat Milwaukee. I'm still, I'm still a little salty about that. Money Williams should have been coach of the year. So I'm I agree with that. Where he going to stay? They <laughs> give it to, who they give it to? Tom Thibodeau. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks went from he, he, a, he a lottery it. team to a top four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Knicks went from it. nothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I give the Knicks they flowers for for where they went from. It's a regular season. I, I just, like the old yeah. Chicago Bulls team, right? Yeah. They had. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Josh Gibson was coming yeah. off the bench with the knees like that. Yeah. That's how yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else was on the team. They was close to sign Joe Kim Noah for no reason. Yeah, they got rid of Bobby Portis before. They got season. rid of they had yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, up with that man. They must love Tom Thibodeau. They must love him. Man. Yeah. I do have a question for y'all with these games. Why do you always think they call Atlanta the fairy tale season? At some point, it's not a fairy tale. You winning. Like, this isn't college. Like, you didn't get lucky and have buzzer beaters and things of that nature. Like, you literally went out and your your star player dominated with your, with your cast players. Your big man dominated. And so, and it's consistent. So, like... They'll, like those types of words like throw me off. It's like, 
This wasn't like an NFL game where it was just one game and then they moved on. Like this, they played, I played a seven game series or it's probably been a seven game series and they won four. So why does this trend of fairy tale or dream and things of that nature continue to happen with certain teams? To me, it's the disrespect of Trey Young. Because a lot, it's like coming to the season, he just had a bad rap and Rightfully so, he drawing fouls, doing all of this. But he should have made the all-star team. They didn't put him on the all-star team. Then they fired coach, they bring Miller coach in, and they have this hot end of the run to the season. And it's just like, no, nah, we don't believe it. Showed in playoffs. Now he's shown it. He's being the villain. He's showing it. But it's still like, uh, it's too early. They're still too young, or yada, yada. So it starts with the disrespect to Trey Young, along with just them being a young team. Young teams don't supposed to do this. They don't know any better. So – Hypothetically, they ain't supposed to. They ain't supposed to get the first round. Nobody predicted them. Now I ain't gonna say yeah. nobody predicted them to get past the Knicks, but a lot more people picked the Knicks to beat them. Right. And I think to to echo what Sharky just said, like I think if you go, if you went into the season and you know you somebody told you that the Atlanta Hawks would be in the Eastern Conference Finals, you'd be like, oh, who? Like Trey Young and them? Like they just spent all this money on on Bogdanovich? Like like who? Like, and I, I, I think that's why, but I think it's to your point, like, because I think at some point you have to start using the word fairy tale. But I think everything that they've done this season, as far as getting to the playoffs, beating the Knicks, who a lot of people didn't have them beating, beating the Sixers, like now, they're not even like you're in the Eastern Conference Finals, but you've actually taken the game from the books. And, you know, depending on how the series go, you've taken multiple games from the books. And again, depending on how the season go, you may even be able to beat them. So I think to that, like I think to, that's a fairy tale. But again, at some point, you kind of got to start using that word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all, y'all know how the media like the Cinderella stories, right? I mean, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Like, we need an underdog. We need somebody who's not supposed to be there versus the people that you know should have been here all along. Blah blah blah. It's all with the storylines. But I mean, if I mean, if it is a Cinderella team in the NBA, I think it would be the Hawks because like nobody expected them to be in the playoffs for one coming into the season for two, they beat the number one defensive team for three. They beat an experienced coach like doc rivers and the Sixers. So it's like, they're not really supposed it's to. Be it. Huh? You say it again. Hey man, that's neither here. That right, we're and, about and, 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 and doc rivers. <laughs> and doc rivers. Shout Trey on. <laughs> Well, to Took's point, and he brought it up um, on top of the storyline for the Hawks because they weren't supposed to be here because they spent all this money in free agency. And really, all it took for them was a coaching change to just kind of buy in to what they were doing. They had some favorable matchups in the playoffs. Like, you. It, it, we always talk about, you know, with the playoffs, it's all about seeding and it's all about matchups. Right? I disagree with that. I disagree. Like, the Knicks were the number one defensive team in the entire league, bro. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you still got to get a bucket. And throughout this series, the Knicks struggled to get some easy baskets. Every time I looked up, Julius Randle was shooting the fadeaway. So, shout out to the, shout out to the yeah, yeah, that is, again, I, I mean, I give Atlanta their credit, but at the end of the day, you could be the number one defensive team, but if you ain't scoring, Something's wrong. And then we just talked about with, with the Philadelphia 76ers. Doc Rivers, for some reason, just finds a way to let his opponent hang around, just hang around, hang around, hang around. Let the team hang around and steal a game and give them belief. You know, shocking things happen. 
And now they caught the Bucks slipping with game one because the Bucks just realized, well, this is Atlanta. This is like another regular game. Instead of saying, oh, this is the Eastern Conference Finals, they were able to steal the game from him. And who knows what may happen, you know, as the series goes along. So I definitely wouldn't use fairy tale to for the Atlanta Hawks here. I just think it's the whole they're not supposed to be here type of thing is why they're using that tag. Yeah, to echo the fairy tale thing, you brought up a great point, BLJ. Like in football and even college basketball, it's one game and, and that's done. Um, but they have, by they saying the Atlanta Hawks have put on those hard hats every single game and given them the all. I mean, of course, they got blown out, you know, the last game. However, they've been working very hard against the Knicks. I only went five games against a team against the 76ers to have three, three all NBA defensive players. They beat them. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I don't believe it's more of a Cinderella. I think maybe more of a David versus Goliath, so to speak, because the Atlanta Hawks are like the David, and then the rest of the NBA is really the Goliath. To me, the Cinderella story, if we want to put a Cinderella shoe on there, it would be the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're talking about a team that actually was not in the playoffs to a team that is one win away from actually being in the finals. Um, and, yeah, we know we got Chris Paul, right, the Chris Paul effect. But realistically, this team, the Suns, they were thinking about who they were about to draft this time last year, as opposed to now thinking about what outfit they're going to wear or who they're going to put on the shirt for the next game. Um, and so I would say that for that. But, again, it's the that mentality really sucks when you're talking about playoffs because, it, again, it's the best of seven, not just one game. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, once again, man, thank you for coming on, BLJ. Where can the people go and follow you? Man, you can follow me on Facebook, Brandon Johnson, Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and what's the other one called? I'm old, man. I'm old. The Ticker Talker. The Ticker Talker. I had no idea what was going The Ticker Talker. Super Duper Dreads. S U P P A D U P P A Dreads. So you'll find me on there. All I post is my daughter, me working out, and the Grizzlies. That's it. Right. And happy belated Father's Day to not only you, Skylar, and Sheedy as well, since we recorded, I think, before mm-hmm. Father's Day on last recording. So happy belated Father's Day. Church says, bang, bang, bang. bang. There you go. There you go. Matter. Next Father's Day. Next Father's Day. Right. And all of y'all have daughters. Look at that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do your push ups and learn some choco. <laughs> Do <Put them laughs> sleep. <laughs> All right. Just remember to follow us on Twitter at starting five to number five MEM. Follow the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and listen to the other podcast network. Uh, I'll listen to the other podcasts on the network, the 3D podcast, Core 4 podcast, GPP Live, and now, now the Longview podcast as we are doing alternating weeks bi weekly for the offseason. Remember to follow me at the one underscore P Shark. I'm still at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. I ain't, I ain't on a ticker talk or nothing like that. Like that. <laughs> Twitter over here. <laughs> yeah, it's straight Twitter over here. So I'm at the art of Trevor on Twitter. First letter of each word is capitalized except of because it's a preposition. I have nothing fancy to say. It's just, it's really shitty. That's it. That's all I got for you. <laughs> at Tab Shakir, man. We appreciate you, B. We appreciate everybody listening. Yes. All right. Till next time, BLJ, finish us off.
Yo, again, I'm the best hype man in the NBA who got the starting five. I am the sixth man, a.k.a. the best hype man in the NBA. See you guys out in the streets. See you guys at the FedEx Forum for the 21-22 season. On the count of three, I need y'all to do what we do best. Go Grizz on three. One, two, three. Go, go, go Grizz. Grizz. Oh, I'm waiting on that part. <laughs>